0: Come on, lift your hands with me. Let me know that it's uh, Pentecost Sunday? And uh, I mean, technically, technically every day and every Sunday is Pentecost Day, right? But it's a day that we remember what happened on Pentecost Day when the Holy Spirit came. What better day than to honor his presence? Would you lift your hands with me? Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. Come on, would you just welcome him in this place? We love your presence that's in this room. Father, I thank you for what you're doing all across this room right now. Thank you for everything that you're doing throughout this day. Holy Spirit, we we turn this service over to you. We ask that you would have your way today. Lord, that you would speak to us from your word. Father, not just information, but impartation from your word. Father, impartation from your very presence that's in this room. We thank you, God, that that same Pentecostal fire and power is still available today. And it's still working in the earth, Lord. And we thank you for what you're doing at Inspire Church. So we say we love your presence. You know, the Holy Spirit is the only person I know that can be here and still come at the same time. But that's exactly what he does. He's here, but he can still come and he can pour himself out. And so, Father, we thank you for just refreshing in your presence, a pouring out. And we thank you for your word. Our hearts are open this morning in Jesus mighty name. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. And you may be seated. But you got to turn to your neighbor and say, "It's good to see you here this morning. Let's go for our worship team this morning. Thank you guys so much. Such beautiful worship. I'm going to jump right in because uh, I don't have a whole whole lot of time and I got a lot to say. So if you would, turn with me to Matthew chapter one, we're going to be in verse 21. But first of all, welcome Inspire Church. How many are you excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? It feels good in here. Amen. All of our first time guests, we welcome you online. Thank you for wherever you're watching. Can we welcome our online guests who are watching from all over the United States and world? Thank you for joining us today. And uh, Pastor began a series called Chain Breaker. How many enjoyed last week? That was just phenomenal. What a word. What a word for this nation that, that this nation needs to hear. And so I want to continue in that same series, Chain Breaker. And uh, I'm going to be in the book of Matthew. But before I do, and before I forget, June 10th, everyone say June 10th. Come on, say it like you had some breakfast. June 10th, we're going to be there's going to be a citywide prayer gathering. Um, and I don't know if they have that information. They can put it up if, if, if you want the information. Yes, there it is. Revival Now. We're going to be at Del Mar Fieldhouse. And our church is is participating. And there will be churches from all over the city. Uh, Bishop Ataboye is coming all the way from Nigeria. And um, I was told that he doesn't leave the country much. But he's coming to pray in Houston. And so I believe God has sent him here. And um, a bunch of pastors and of course the body of Christ. We're going to be joining this day to pray. So if, if, if you're available and able. We would invite you to come join us that day. You can get all the information. On that website. But let's go to Matthew chapter 1 verse 21. If you're there say there. <laughs> that was cute. Somebody. And it says this in verse 21. And she will bring forth a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. Everyone say Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Someone say amen to that. Luke chapter 4. I'm just going to read this really quickly. When Jesus begins his ministry. He quotes from the book of Isaiah. This is after Jesus, of course, has already been baptized in the river Jordan. The spirit has descended upon him like a dove. He's been tempted in the wilderness. And the Bible talks about how Jesus has come out of the wilderness in in the power of the spirit he begins to preach the kingdom and he says the lord uh, the spirit of the lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty all who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of our lord everyone say amen and so here at the beginning of Jesus's ministry, he 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 says, "I'm here. I'm anointed to preach the gospel. I'm anointed to heal the brokenhearted, and I'm I'm anointed to set the captives free." Deliverance, you know, this series we're in on Chain Chainbreaker, we 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 are really feeling um, led of the Lord to lean into this idea of how the Lord is deliver, how the Lord delivers and the ways that we see deliverance in our life and. And, and that we have seen such an increase in, in, in the anointing and presence of deliverance, even in our church. Amen? And so we, we have really been, we have felt led to lean into this. And I love what God is doing here. You know, God is obviously always moving here, but this year has been special. We, we have seen God do some incredible things. I mean, God has healed people of, of, of glaucoma, of cancer. God is healing bodies. God is healing physically. Mentally, I got a message not just too long ago. Someone is complete. I mean, and again, you have to let the doctors confirm all this. But someone messaged me just recently. It's completely off of medication. And one person came to me with their glasses and said, I don't even need my glasses anymore. I mean, God is just doing some incredible things. And, and, but we've also seen an increase in an anointing for deliverance. And we believe that deliverance is important. Amen. But, but see, deliverance is not just something on the side the deliverance is actually a huge part of Jesus's ministry. In fact, when Jesus says I have come to save my people from their sins, the Greek word that he uses, right? The the root word, you you can't separate the idea of salvation and deliverance, they go hand in hand. Come on somebody. So actually, the root of the word salvation in the Greek is it's it's a it's a Greek word called sozo It means this. Check this out. To save, to heal, to deliver. Get this one. To preserve. To rescue. In in other words, that when the Bible talks about salvation, built into salvation is this idea of deliverance. He saves. He heals. So in other words, when Jesus is healing the sick, he is sozoing the sick. When he's casting out devils, he is sozoing them, and so deliverance is just something that Jesus does. He is the chain breaker. When you and I got saved, how do you know that he didn't? He didn't just forgive our sins; he did much more than that. He forgave our sins, and he actually brought us out of the place of sin. The same way that God, listen, the same way that God had to deliver Israel out of Egypt, Egypt could not come out, I mean, Israel could not come out of Egypt unless the Lord delivered them by his power. How many know that when God saved you, you had no ability to come out of your sin unless he delivers you? But here's what I love about this word, sozo. Someone say sozo. So it means to save, heal, I love this, preserve, rescue, deliver, And I want to start here. I want to suggest this to you that we have got to start thinking of salvation in this way. We've got to start thinking of sozo in this way. It's not just something that happened to us one time, it's something that happened to us, it's something that's happening to us, and it's something that will happen to us. Okay, can I preach like I want to this morning? You see, you are saved. You're being saved and you will be saved. He's delivered you. He's delivering you still and you will be delivered. I'll I'll give you just one example. Here's just a practical example. The apostle Paul says, because you have to understand this gospel, the gospel of salvation is also a gospel of inheritance. And one of the things that is promised to us, for example, is a new body. So Paul talks about how one day we will be delivered from this body that decays and dies. And we will put, how many know we will put on a new body? So is he saying, you know, when the Bible talks about deliverance, it's not just saying deliverance is a one-time thing. It, It Deliverance happened, it's happening. And guess what? It will happen. You're saved. He's saving you. Because this idea of sozo is not just that he will save you. He will also preserve you. Are you with me this morning? And I love this about God, about deliverance. How many know that God has the ability and the power to deliver in a minute, in an instant? I mean, we could go across this room right now. If we had time, we could pass this mic around and you would hear incredible stories. I love that God can deliver us in an instant and he does that and he still does that. But also, I know this is that deliverance also does sometimes look like a process. And that's what I want to talk about today. Because thank God he can deliver. I, I mean, my God, my testimony from a teenager being delivered of some things. I mean, some, some of us in this room, we know the power of God. But how many of you have walked through some things with the Lord where God didn't deliver you just in a moment. He began something and you had to walk through a season. You had to walk through some things where he had to actually deliver you from some mindsets. Deliver you from some things. And so sometimes it looks like an instant. The power of God can can literally do that. But sometimes it looks like a process. Christian and um, Josh, would you guys join me really quick? Get up for Christian and Josh. Run up here really quick, guys. These are two of our young leaders in, in the church. They are incredible. I get to do life with them. And sometimes I get to disciple them when they'll listen to me. But these, these, are, these, these, uh, these guys, I love them. They're both pursuing ministry. They're both in school. I mean, these are just incredible young men. Go ahead, Josh. I want you to start wrapping Christian up. He's going to wrap Christian up for just a second. But I want you to turn with me to John chapter 11. There's this story that we all know that where Jesus resurrects Lazarus. But I, I want you to see something and I want to illustrate something. It says in John chapter 11, verse 43 through 44, it says this. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And listen to this. He who had died came out. Someone say he came out. Bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them. Loose him. Someone say, loose him and let him go. And so (laughs) you're still rapping. him. That's good. I want you to see this in this story. That's coming undone. Just tuck it in. There you go. It says that when Jesus called out Lazarus, Lazarus come forth. How many know Lazarus was dead? So, so, so Jesus resurrects Lazarus, right? Which parallels to what God did for us in salvation. You've heard me say this a lot and I'll keep saying that, saying this. We underestimate the miracle of salvation. Do you, do we realize that what, for God to save us, he had to literally raise us from the dead. The Bible says we were dead in our trespasses. I'm I'm, I'm trying not to go on rabbit trails. The gospel is just so good. So God had to literally raise us from death to life, right? To bring us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Unless God did that, we would be lost forever. So I love this. I love this story because it shows me a lot of times what happens to many of us. Because it says that Lazarus came forth, but it says that Lazarus was still bound with grave clothes. Hand and foot. So I want you to picture this. Jesus resurrects Lazarus, but Lazarus is alive, but he's still constrained. And can, can you picture it with me? I don't know how tight he was wrapped up, but he, you know, he's, he's, he's resurrected, but he's doing this. Right? Or maybe he's. And Jesus is saying he can't walk. Take the grave clothes off of him. I want to suggest something to you that many times this is what deliverance looks like in our life. You're saved. I'm saved, we've been raised from death to life, but we're still bound by grave clothes and what Jesus will often do is even after we've been saved even after we've been resurrected to new life, he'll still say listen, we've got to remove something listen, as you walk with me, I gotta take you, you're, you're still thinking this way you gotta get rid of that way of thinking and you know what, you're saved, but, but you know what th- th- this way of talking you're ta- that, that's death talking this you, you didn't get this from me, you got that from your parents and so what happens is this is that you can be saved but still covered in things that are from a dead season things that won't bear fruit in your life and so many times jesus is saying you're resurrected and now it's time to loose the grave clothes off of you say right there and i'll say this to the church this is also a picture of what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to come alongside people and not say, oh man, that looks horrible. That smells, that stinks On like, We need to come alongside of people and say, you know what? I see God's working in your life and I see you still got this. Look, I recognize this. This used to be me. Oh, guess what, my friend? I can help you with that. I've been there. Let me tell you about what God's delivered me of. And we should be like Jesus, helping people take their stuff off of them. Come on. Thank you, guys. Sometimes Jesus delivers us in an instant, and sometimes it's a process. I'm going to say it's a process. Turn with me to John chapter 8. I got to hurry. Is this helping anyone this morning? Then Jesus said in John chapter eight, verse 31. I, now I want to shift gears. I want to talk to how Jesus sets us free through process. Amen. Then Jesus said to the Jews who believed, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples. So i to say abide. Love this verse. And you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. All right. Here's the interesting part. They answered and told the Lord, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. You know, one of the scariest places to be in life is to be bound and not know you're bound. And I'm going to say something and don't shoot the messenger. If the shoe fits, kick kick it off. Sometimes the most bound people are religious people. Because, Because they're just like, notice what Jesus says. Jesus says, abide in my word. You'll be my disciple and the truth will make you free. We've never been bound. We're the descendants of Abraham. We're free by association. Can I make it plain? I've been in church 25 years. I serve on this board. I serve in this ministry. I've been to this nation. I I don't care. You can still be bound. Because. (laughs) Because if you actually pay attention to what Jesus is saying. He starts by saying, if you abide in me, in other words, what Jesus is saying is what sets you free is not theological concepts. What sets you free is not just being around it. What sets you free is actually a person. Because he said, look, abide. Someone say abide. Abide. If you abide in me and, and, and you have abide in my word, he goes, you'll be my disciple. And listen to this. He says, the truth, you know, will set you free. Here's what's interesting. Jesus did not say the truth will set you free. He said the truth you know. That that means I can be this close to the truth. Think that I'm free and still be bound. Because Jesus said, I am the, the, and the. We act, we we sometimes reduce truth to a concept and we've forgotten that it's a person. Can, Can I, can I take it a little bit deeper? That's why you can know the scriptures and come to church and still be bound. That's why Jesus told the Pharisees, you search the scriptures for in them. You think you will find eternal life, but they are which testify of me. I am the living word. I am the truth. The I am the way, the truth, and the life. In other words, Jesus is saying truth is a person. And he said, if you abide in me, that's relationship. You don't get free by association. You don't get free because you go to the right church. You don't get free because you're born into the right family. You don't get free because you're in the right denomination. You don't get free because you got the, all the right doctrinal statements. Although doctrine is important. You get free because you know, Jesus, Jesus is the only person who can set people free. And he says, You have to abide in me, in my word, and you have to be my disciple, and the truth you know will make you free. But abiding is intentional. If I can speak plainly as a pastor, even just, but just as a fellow brother, I've seen this in my life and I've seen this in so many people's lives. A lot of times people want to get free in a moment and God will do that. But do you know why so many people miss out on their freedom? Because they want God to do it in a moment, but they don't want to walk with him every day. They don't want to abide. They don't want to remain because some things take time. Some things you got to walk through some things he's got to deal with. Some things he's got to get to the root of, some things he's got to transform, some things he has to show you. Are you with me this morning? Can I preach like I feel like preaching? And so I would suggest to you, that's why when we talk about Sozo, when we talk about being saved, what what we mean is when we say that I've experienced deliverance or I've experienced salvation, what we're saying is we're not saying Sometimes we talk about it like it's just a theological concept. I want to suggest to you when we talk about salvation, you need to start thinking about a person. It's not just a theological concept that happened to me. A person happened to me. Are you you catching this? It's not just deliverance happened to me. Deliverance happened to me because a person happened to me. Healing happened to me because a person happened to me because he is healing. He is life. He is truth. He is all in all. As the apostle Paul would say by him, all things are made and nothing that was made. Hasn't been made. That's been made through him. If I said that right. Are you with me this morning? So when I, when I say sozo has happened to me, I'm not just talking about a theological concept. I'm talking about a person. A person. And that's what Jesus said. If you want to be free, you've got to abide in me. You don't get free by association. You get a free by abiding. But you know, my heart really goes out to them because they really believe that statement. We're Abraham's descendants. Can, this is just a side note. And I wrote this down. I don't know who this is for. Do you know who my heart breaks for? Church kids. Because for some being raised in a church is a blessing, for others it's not. There are so many p- people who, church kids, who have grown up in church, who've heard the scriptures, who've heard the sermons, but they've never met the man from Galilee. There's a generation, even church hurt people and people who've gone through things. That haven't met the man from Galilee. Because you don't, get free by, you don't get free just by growing up in church. You don't get free just by being around it. You don't get free just by... That's supposed to help you. You only get free when Jesus becomes real to you. That's the only time you get. You can't get free through your parents. You can't get free through your grandparents. you That's what they try to do. We're Abraham's descendants. Yeah, but you don't have Abraham's relationship with God that Abraham had. Because the Bible says Abraham was a friend of God. It says that when God spoke to Abraham to go out from the land from which he lived, he was calling him to a different one. It said that Abraham obeyed. Abraham had a relationship with God. You can't just say you're Abraham's descendants. You got to have your relationship with God. and so my heart breaks seriously for, 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 for church kids and, and he, I'll, I'll say this, my heart even sometimes breaks for church people and here's what I mean my heart breaks for church people who are this close, they know church, they know scripture, they know the worship songs but they don't necessarily know him and today friend, I want to tell you, there is a world of difference between between being around it and knowing the right things to say I'll tell you this, there's a difference between just memorizing the scripture and knowing the author, there is a deeper level to this and it's an actual person. His name is Jesus. Are you with me? I got to hurry. That's why growing up, I don't want my kids to just hear me talking about church. I want them to hear me talking about Jesus. I want them to hear me talking about the reason we come here every week. I want them to hear me talking about the reason we lift our hands. I don't want them just to know church culture. I want them to know the man who set their dad free. I want them to know the man who their dad loves. I want them to know the Jesus that I know because that's the only thing that's going to work for them. Because it's the only thing that works for me. And it's the only thing that works for you. Romans chapter 8. I got to hurry. Are you with me? I don't know why I'm doing that. I feel like I'm just warming up. Romans chapter 8. Go there. So someone say abide. You've got to abide. And notice what Jesus says. I, I'm sorry. I forgot the second part. He says this. He said, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. He said, and a slave does not abide in the house, but a son abides. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. So Jesus is saying, no, you're bound despite what you think. He said, you're bound. He said, and as long as you're bound, you're a slave to sin. He said, only a son can set you free. Right? And obviously he is the son of God. But listen to what Paul says in Romans chapter eight. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Listen to this part. So remember, sons get free, right? So the son can set you free. But the concept that Jesus was saying was the sons are free because they're in the house. Okay? So in the gospel, Jesus is the only begotten Son, but, through the gospel, uh, uh, but but through the finished work of the gospel, Jesus invites us into sonship. Okay? So sons get free, so the Son can set you free, and he can bring you into sonship to live a lifestyle of freedom. That's why we are called the sons and daughters of God. So that's why Paul says this right here. For as many are led by the spirit of God, these are the what? Sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. What a remarkable verse. Some of y'all didn't know y'all were adopted. God adopted you and brought you into the house as if you never left the house. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. But listen to what he said. He said, you got to abide in me. Who the son sets free is free indeed. Because sons are free. Romans. Paul says the sons of God are those who are led. Someone say led. Because here's what I have found. See, we abide in him, but how this actually fleshes out in our daily life is this, is that we have to be led. Led. Someone say led. Because what happens with with coming into this thing is not only does he save and heal us and deliver us in a moment, but like I said, he takes us through a process. But here's where so many people get stuck. If you're not willing to follow him, that process will get stopped. Stay with me. Because... It says here that sons are led. All right, I'm gonna say something, and again, don't shoot the messenger. Our our culture teaches us a lot about leadership. Who's talking about fellowship? I believe in being a leader, and I want you to be a leader. But you know, my professor said this this semester and he tripped me up. I've been thinking about it ever since. He said, In the Bible, leadership is more of a function, not an identity. He said, Jesus called you to be a follower. Y'all mad at me? Because everyone wants to be the leader, but who wants to follow? And Jesus is saying, if, if, if the sons of God are led, that means this, that means that if I want to not only be free, if I want to live a lifestyle of freedom, I have to give up my right to lead my life. Because the reason why so many of us don't get free is we say, okay, I thank you, God, you, you touched me in the altar and you touched me in that service, but come Monday, I'm going to still be in the driving seat. I'm going to still do things the way I want to do. And that's not the way this thing works. If you're going to be a son and daughter of God, if you're going to walk in true freedom, here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to say this, God, I have led my life. All of my life. And it didn't end well. I've only ever led myself into destruction. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make good choices. And I'm going to be responsible, yes. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to surrender the leadership of my life to you. I'm going to be led by you. That means each and every single day. I'm waking up saying, Holy Spirit, lead me today. <laughs> lead me today. Walk with me today. Because here's why. He is the spirit of truth, Jesus said. Jesus said, he said, abide in me and the truth will set you free, right? And so then he gives us the Holy Spirit. Hello, it's Pentecost Sunday. And he says, the sons are led by the spirit. Here's why. Because Jesus told his disciples. He said, guys, I got to go. And as a matter of fact, Jesus was very excited about getting back to the father. He said, trust me, it's to your advantage that I go. He said, because I'm going to send one called the Holy Spirit. And listen, to, he said, listen to what, check this out. I know you've read it a thousand times, but as I close and the musicians come, hear it with hear fresh ears. Jesus told his disciples, I have a lot of things to tell you. But you're not ready right now. You're not ready for everything that I have to tell you. But don't worry. I'm sending someone. He's going to walk with you. He's going to lead you and guide you into all truth. A.K.A. more freedom. I can't experience freedom on a continual basis. Unless my life is being led. Because whoever is leading our life. That's the direction our life is going. That means that we have to first be good at following. If we want to listen. If we want to be free. We've got to be good at following. Jesus said take up your cross. Or deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. How do we follow him? By being led. By the spirit. And he will lead you. Someone say he will lead me. Into all freedom. And this is what I love about. This is one of the things I love about Pentecost. As I close. Is that when Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. He gave us an incredible gift because Jesus didn't say, all right, you're forgiven, you're clean, now figure it out. He said, no, I'm going to give you the power you need. I'm going to give you the helper you need. I'm going to give you the assistance you need. I'm going to give you the grace you need. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. I'm going to give you that spirit. I'm going to give you that spirit because the, what the Holy spirit does. All right. Is he helps us stick with Jesus because Jesus is the only one who can make us free. And what the Holy Spirit does. Jesus even said, he's going to come and he's going to talk about me. He's not even going to talk about himself. He's going to talk to you about the things that I've told you. He's going to tell you things that you're not ready to hear yet. And you know what? He's going to lead you and guide you into all truth. And so when, the God, when God gave us the spirit on Pentecost, he's saying, I'm giving you everything you need to walk this thing out. But if you're going to live in freedom, you're not going to only have to abide in me. You're going to have to be led by me. And let me say this, one of the worst things we did to the the Pentecostal movement was to reduce it down to one gift. The point of Pentecost is that the spirit himself is the gift. Because let me tell y'all something. I'm gonna get myself in trouble, and I'm I'm, gonna—I'm—I really am. You got to have to play so I don't get in trouble. I know people who talk in tongues, but they gossip in English. I know people who talk in tongues, but they lie in English. I know people who talk in tongues, but they're rude and they're mean. Because here's why: you can have a gift. You can be operating in a gift. But unless you're walking with him, your character's not being transformed. You are not being transformed. Your person is not being conformed to the person of Christ. And so many people don't get free because they'll even settle for a gift and the spirit is there to lead you into all truth and bring you into the freedom. Come on, stand with me to your feet. Come on, don't misunderstand what I'm talking about. I love to speak in tongues. I love to prophesy. I love to lay hands on the sick. Amen. Thank you, God, for all the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. But how many you know the greatest gift is actually Him? The Spirit Himself. Who Jesus said will abide with you forever. And the beauty of Pentecost is that he didn't leave us to fend for ourselves. He gave us everything that we would need. So every head bound, I just want you to just lift up your hands right now. Let's do this first. If there's anyone in this room who doesn't know him and you want to know him today, just wave at me. Praise God, I see you. Thank you. Online. Come on, let's pray this prayer together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your grace. Wash me in your blood. Forgive me of my sin. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I make a decision to follow you for the rest of my life in Jesus name come on let's give them a hand clap now I want to pray for us and I I just want us to just I'm about to dismiss us but I just want to take a moment it's like I said earlier how tragic is it to be this close to freedom and miss it Is close. Every head bowed, every eye closed. About to open the altars. In Galatians, Paul said, It it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. But so many of us, I, I, I really believe this. You know, as a pastor. But even just as a fellow Christian, one thing that I get tired of seeing is how the devil beats up Christians. Who don't know the freedom they have access to. So I thank God that he, he can heal in an instant. He can deliver in an instant. But this morning, I feel like I'm talking to people who God has taken you through a process. Like Lazarus, this is a season where he's taken the grave clothes off of you. And I want to speak to that for just a moment. So, you know, so many of us have just accepted things. This is who I am. This is my personality. This is how things will always be. I will always struggle with this. I will always deal with this. You know what? We don't even realize that we make agreements with darkness all the time. Do you realize that we make agreements with the devil? Seriously. Do you realize this? I just got this revelation. This is for someone. The devil doesn't have to show up and speak to you for you to agree with him. He'll get you to agree with him without you even knowing it. Just because you're speaking death over your own life. This is, I don't know who I'm talking to. This is my personality. I'll always be this way. I'll always struggle. What what happens is we make agreements with darkness rather than what he says. What, What if Peter said, I'll always be this way. Don't you love that on Pentecost, It's Peter who gets up and preaches a sermon. The person with the anger issues and the, and the guy that cut the ear off and the guy who Jesus at one time said, get behind me, Satan, and the guy who denied him, that Peter. But because Peter stuck it out with Jesus, guess what? In the end, Peter gets free. I want to tell you something. Some of you on this journey... You're getting discouraged and, you're, and sometimes the enemy's wanting you to give up. And I'm here to tell you this. All you've got to do is stick with him. If you stick with him, he'll take off the grave clothes. If you stick with him, guess what? He'll convict you. Listen, listen. Someone needs to hear this. He'll convict you, but he won't condemn you. He'll convict you and then he'll heal you. He'll convict you and then he'll deliver you. He's not going to condemn you. He didn't save you to condemn you. He saved you to heal you. Because he sees, he sees a version of you that you can't see yet. Oh, I feel this for somebody in this room, but you have got to stop. I'm prophesying. This is for somebody. You have got to stop speaking it over your life. It's not who you are. You will not always be that way. It does not have to pass down your bloodline. You've got to make up in this season that the generational curses that ran in your family, they ran into your family until they run into you because you are course correcting. You are changing the trajectory because you're saying, God, I'm willing to go through the process. My God, I feel this anointing. Here's what we're going to do. Whoever that's for, and you know God is moving your life, just come run and join, join me in this altar. We're going to pray. Just run up here. Don't even wait. Come on, let's pray. Praise God. with every hand lifted Father we thank you right now just one second come on just press in just feel led to wait on him for just a moment Is so strong I just feel like the Lord has been speaking this to me in this season. He's getting us away from f- our formulas and our uh, two-step this and back to the person of Jesus. because Jesus is the master healer. He knows what he knows what each person needs to hear. He knows what each person needs. And Jesus doesn't necessarily heal everyone the same way. So here's what I'm going to speak over you. This is, this is how simple I feel led to do this. I'm going to speak his name over you. And those of you who need you right now in this altar, those of you who need God to touch your body. You need God to do a work in your life. Or you're in this process. We're going to speak the master's name, the healer's name, the deliverer's name. You know that in his name, Yeshua means God is our salvation. He's the one who sozo's us. So right now, if you're in this room, just extend your hands and pray with me. Father, right now. We release the presence of Jesus in this room. Come on, pray with me, church. Father, I thank you for the presence of freedom. That who the son sets free is free indeed. Not a formula, not a plan, but a person and so father i'm thanking i thank you for your very presence your tangible presence that is in this room holy spirit i pray even in these altars right now that you begin to move by your spirit and and father those in the, who, who who came to this altar lord those of you who you are taking through this process father i thank you god that you are i see the lord taking some of you by the hand today and says okay now that you're allowing me some of you right now this is what the lord is saying You're saying, yo, let me lead you. Here's what I'm going to do in this season. I'm going to take your hand and we're going to walk through this thing. I I see that right now as I'm praying over you, I see the Lord taking some of you by the hand and says, okay, we're going to walk through this and there's going to be some moments where it's painful and there's going to be some moments when it's hard, but if you'll stick with me, we're heading towards healing. We're headed towards freedom. I got to deal with some of the ways you think I've got to deal with some of the wounds. I've got to deal with some of the hard issues, but I see the Lord inviting some of you. And he's saying, I'm going to sozo. I'm going to heal, save, deliver, preserve, and rescue you. Father, right now, over every household, I thank you for your grace upon every household, upon every marriage. Wow, I feel this so strong. I just feel like some of you need to literally just call on the name of Jesus. The Lord is telling me, I'm telling you, I'm hearing God's voice so clearly. The Lord is saying, your breakthrough is one word away. Some of you, he's waiting for you to say, Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on me. Like that man that said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, heal me. Jesus, touch me. Jesus, I need you. So I speak that holy name over you right now. It's here. So Lord, we release you to do what you want to do in this room right now.